Welcome back to another edition of the Deeper Dive bo- Podcast, produced locally in the Archdiocese of, Diocese of Washington, D.C., here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell, once again joined by Father Larry Swink. Hey, Bill. And Father Jack Berard, freshly back from retreat. Hey, Bill. Uh, today we're going to take a deeper dive into angels. I think it's appropriate because of the, pat, the feast day earlier in the week of the Archangels. And today for the our guardian angels, Father Larry. Great. Well, Bill, you know, so I thought it'd be appropriate to speak about these creatures, these uh, spirits, which we call angels, and we believe uh, because of our faith. And like we said, this liturgically, this is one of the few times, if throughout the whole year, and it's on the same week that we celebrate two big angels' feast days. Uh, now, I think it was, let's see, the Archangels on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, St. Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. And then today is um, October 2nd, the Feast of the um, Guardian Angels. And um, I think it's, you know, first off is, um, I guess a rhetorical question would be like, how many people actually believe in the existence of angels? And if they do, like, is it just sort of like this kid thing? Uh, but we really, uh, these are these are creatures that God made, and we, and by faith, we are called to believe in and they're and actually I think the the thing is is that we do believe they're they help us they're God's messengers they're also and as we'll talk about a little bit the garden angels that God assigned an angel to each one of us to get us to heaven so it'd be nice to have a relationship with this friend this angel that God gave us so um I think first off uh, I uh, want to just take it from sacred scripture because I think a good starting point for the discussion on angels I think or anything should be from sacred scripture and um in gospel john john first 151 it says truly truly i say to you you will see heaven open and the angels of god ascending and descending upon the son of man and um and in i think today's gospel for the mass was from the gospel of matthew where he was talking about the children and their angels are in heaven you know constantly adoring the lord you know so in, in matthew in the gospel of matthew there's references to angels also. So that being said, let's start off this conversation. Is um, why don't we start with this, uh, Father Jack? Um, how many different types of angels are there? Well, I mean, we usually talk about the nine choirs of angels, but uh, and that's kind of like general categories. But that's you know how many different types of angels is kind of a cooler question because with with every angel, there's a different type of angel, right? right. There's that we talk about choirs. It's like talking about you know. The, like a better word, nationality, almost, you know, like it's, it's, it's a group of people that are completely different from each other. Um, but, um, but, but they, ha- they share something in common. Uh, and that's you know, for the angels, that's their closeness to God. Um, but the, in terms of the difference between angels and man, or I think one well, different, this would be the, the spiritual element, obviously, but that each essence is, a, each angel is its own essence. So you're not going to find, uh, an angel begetting another angel, an angel having, you know, giving birth to a to a new angel. You know, no such thing as DNA yeah. and an angel, because yeah. they're pure spirits, you know. And in the Apostles' Creed, we say creator of heaven and earth. And in Latin, um, you know, I know we, you know, here at Sagar, we started doing the traditional Latin Mass, and I have at times done it the Novus Ordo in Latin. In the Creed, we say, I believe, uh, uh, credo and visibilium et invisibilium, right? Visible and invisible. We believe in the visible and invisible, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it's said in Latin. Yeah. And the invisible would sort of imply we believe in creatures like angels, correct? Absolutely. Right. Um, so 
I guess like the question is like, all right, so what's, what's the, what's the deal for us? I think, you know, first off is to, um, there's some terms I think that need to be, um, identified and, and defined. And I think in, in the catechism of the Catholic church, um, you know, we sacred scripture usually calls angels, you know, these spirits, it, we call them angels, but St. Augustine makes a point, and this is in the catechism in number three, two, nine, St. Augustine says angel is the name of their office, not of their nature. Okay, so an angel is not uh, what they are; it's what they do, right. essentially. And can you explain maybe what 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 does the word angel mean? Angel just means messenger, right? And so it's I think, and it's kind of a hard thing to understand because of how often we you know kind of can get a picture in our head of what an angel is because we usually talk about you know this this messenger angel, right? And oftentimes with the archangels in terms of delivering message on earth, but but. You know, when we when we pray the mass, there's a really kind of a, a kind of a strange line. If if you just kind of, you know, when you stop to think about it, you can kind of just hear it and just ignore it. But if you listen to the um, the Eucharistic prayer one, the Roman Canon, there's this really beautiful part where after the consecration, the Lord or the priest bows down and he says, "And by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high, right." That, that it says your holy angel, and, and you wouldn't know this unless you're, you're the guy reading it, but angel is capitalized. The A is, is capitalized. And the reason for it is that that angel is actually Christ. Mm-hmm. That there is no other messenger who can bring the perfect sacrifice from earth to the Father on high except for Christ. That Michael can't handle this, right? You know, that this is not this is not for anybody else to bring. So how can Christ, who is, pure God, is true God and true man, also be an angel? Well, because angel basically just means messenger, you know? right? And it, it's a really kind of a an important thing, and it kind of highlights what I was saying before. But every time God created an angel, He created a whole new species, never to be replicated, and not to really share uh, in essence, but rather to to uh, just share in the role that they have, right? You know? And so, you know, I mean, uh, I know just off the top of my head that the top, the most powerful type of angel, we call seraphim. Mm-hmm. And also our tradition teaches that Lucifer, who became, uh, who was a good angel, and all the angels were good at one point when they were created because everything God made was good. And the, according to our tradition, we're not sure exactly what the test was, but we believe that that God somehow uh, gave them a chance to follow him or not follow him, right? And uh, so... Um, so I guess the one thing that's always mystified me, and I, 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 I'm asking you this question, Father Jack, uh, is why do you think God took, because like, archangels are the second from the bottom. Mm. Like we always, we all know archangels. I always thought they were like really high when I was growing up. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, archangels, that's the most powerful angel because St. Michael. Mm-hmm. But actually, he's like, they're in terms of like, he's like, they're the second from the bottom. Right. And that's the angel that kicked the butt, <laughs> even though the angels don't have, you know, they're not corporal, like kick them into, into hell. Uh, is there, do you think that's just God humbling the demons or? Uh, well, yeah, I, I think it is. I think it's definitely an act of humility, but I think if we look at, at why, why traditionally, right? So I don't, I don't think this is defined anywhere. This isn't dogma. It's not if you think there's some other reason that the devil uh, rebelled against God that you're going to hell for heresy, but rather just an, a, a, a good, pious, and rational uh, tradition that is held is that the, the Lucifer rebelled because he did not like God's plan. And the plan was because God knew that we would fall, 
right? He just, he, he, can, he, he doesn't exist in time. He saw everything happen and he knew that, that we were going to rebel against him and want to, you know, fall. And so the devil also knew that because of that God was going to come to earth and he was going to humble himself, being, be born in human appearance, right? And the devil didn't like that. He says, I can't serve. If you're going to do that, it's almost, it's almost beautiful. God, you are so perfect and good. I know everything about you. I will not let you become like them who don't want to serve you. And, and because the devil could not understand the all-encompassing mercy of God, who would, who would allow it, he, he rebelled. He said, I will not serve. Right. Because, because God, you don't know perfectly. It ends up being a problem. Right. That, that's his flaw. So what does what does God do? What he often does, which is the the cause of your fall will also be the means of either your salvation or your, or your greater fall, right? So what why does he take the low angel to the archangel to to kick the butt of the seraphim who had who had rebelled? Well, it's humbling. <laughs> he, right. could, he didn't he didn't need to show us. He's, it's almost a sign of saying, I didn't need to show this great power. I right. don't need I don't need my best. But my ability, my my union with me will give my creatures more power than you could ever imagine by your own nature. Right, right. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to um, um, the place in Mark, Mount Gargano, Gargano no, in Italy? Oh no, yeah. It's it's my single. It's my favorite place ever to pray. Yeah. I, I I would, if I could do my annual retreat there, I would. <laughs> I mean, it, and it was it was providentially. It's actually been. I think a couple of weeks will be one year since I brought the parish to Italy. And um, I think it was the second stop was in Gargano. Mm. And so, and they put us up there in this hotel in, in uh, it was called the Mount St. Saint, Mount Saint Miguel. Or I, I don't know how you say it in Italian, but. Like Michele. Michele, yeah. yeah, mountain. And uh, I could, in the morning, I could get up. It was foggy, and I'd walk down to St. Michael's Cave and do a holy hour. And I was like the only person in this cave. It was mm. unbelievable. And it's the only cave that is the only church that's consecrated by an angel mm-hmm. and uh i was um reading about this recently that saint francis of assisi years later because i was around the near 900 he went there and he was so um i guess just moved by the presence of holiness that he didn't enter he couldn't he just kissed the ground and just basically said a prayer and left i mean it's just like um but um you know i think there's a certain there's a certain power that the angels have and we, for us, and I think especially for priests, is that um, they they help us in our ministry if if we if we turn to them help. And I think maybe we can transition a little bit to the whole topic of guardian angels. Mm-hmm. And our faith teaches us that um, you know what it says in the Catechism and it's implied in Scripture is that at birth, right, that we're each assigned a an angel that protects us, leads us, and guides us, right? Yeah, so. yeah. And and I think I think one of the things that we uh, oftentimes just kind of overlook in, in the grand plan is that is that God speaks his word and, and things are done, but but, he, but it's not done directly, right? He always uses an intermediary, right? It's one of the beauties of, right. of remembering in our, in our Catholic faith that like the importance of the priest is that he, it's actually supposed to remind us that like we don't really get to God on our own. We always get to God in an intermediary way, even if that intermediary, intermediary way is our thoughts and our images and our words that we use, but the priest actually stands to be like, okay, yeah, but that also comes back from God in terms of grace and the sacraments, that it's not just a, it's not meant to be a direct flow, but in all of creation, it's been that way. And so right. to the point of that, not only do we each have a an angel, but each town has an angel, 
Each county has an angel. Each river has an angel. Each hill has an angel that normally we don't name. But, you know, to think that, like, that's just just part of God's grand plan. And, and to think that in terms of creatures that we would be left out of that plan, that, that God who personally knows us is, is kind of absurd. But, but it, it makes sense that he would grant us this, this guardian to, to get us back, to fulfill our whole purpose, um, to, to fill out God, to fulfill, I should say, God's plan for us. Yeah. Um, now, angels are, are more superior beings than we are. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, but theologically, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Father Jack, is since Jesus became a man mm-hmm. and he took the our nature, does that, it doesn't make us like, in essence, more superior, but does it make us in some ways more superior than the angels because of that that action, so that event. So I think I think the best way to look at it is that in, in the created order, because uh, because angels don't have the the material, which by you know, all material fades eventually, right? It it changes. It's 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 immutable. Um, everything material is, is is lower than that which is spiritual, which is why man sits the height of material creation because we have this kind of mix almost uh it's not that's not the right word but we have both the animalistic parts of us that are material but we also have the spiritual element that says we can actually have a connection with god so the angels just have that top half that say Mm. okay we are (laughs) we are meant to be we can connect and commune with god in a way that a deer can in a way that a rock can't or or the road can't um the angels are created purely spiritual so they have they're much more like god at the start but because God has deemed to condense himself, condescend himself, I should say, sorry, not condense, condescend, and become like man, he raises us up to be partakers in the divine nature, it says in First Peter. Um, that's grace, that he has given us a way in which in our redemption, not by our very nature, we are actually raised above even the angels. Right. Um, but it's, it's not like we were created that way. It's that we've been redeemed that way. Right. Um, so it's, it's, you know... Jack Berard wasn't uh, wasn't created above St. Michael the Archangel, mm. but ideally, <laughs> eventually one day, uh, he's he's gonna want to serve God and want to serve God, serve His Creator, including us. So, uh, and including me, um, right? And uh, Father, what do we read into in so many times when when an angel makes an appearance in Scripture? The almost having to call, having to calm the the person down there, appearing to almost because of this fear and trembling that that, that people experience. Right. Is it is it is it based on a, a a physical you know the the physical appearance, the in the environment surrounding it? Right. Well, I think in some ways, I mean, obviously, when the angels appeared, there was some kind of physical form, which is not them in themselves. But even in this sort of physical form that they appeared to man, and sometimes they look like men. Right, and they're like yeah. in Mark and right. Tobit, a couple times they've appeared as and men. Right. But there was something very transcendent and very sort of powerful about them that you're like, whoa, like what is this? And I think the other one is, is in the Old Testament, right? It, was, it, was it Joshua or where the angel appears to Joshua? And he's just like struck by, and I think, it, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, it would have been, was one of the archangels appeared to him and uh, I have to go back and, but I, I just remember once reading that and I'm like, he just trembled. He got on his knees when he saw this angelic creature 
Um, I just think it's the the fact of matters that they they are they are superior beings, and when you see them, you know this is not a normal you know human. This is something superior to the human race. And it's because the nature of the angel is is to be able to be in the presence of God, right? And so right. they more perfectly reflect Him, which man can't see God face to face, right? And so like if you look at like Revelation, right, it talks about what the angels kind of look like. They're like uh, just an uh, like if you like if a child drew the picture of what these things look like you'd be like I'm gonna get this child checked out there's something psychologically wrong with them to think of an of a creature with wings like that and the face of a beast and the and the talons of this thing they're incredibly awe inducing like, like they are awesome in the true sense of that word that they should produce awe and fear and 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 I think it, like this is where we kind of are. We like the Western church likes realism, right? Like our, the nature right. of our churches is that we put up paintings and statues of people, you know, and Christ on the cross. The, the, the Eastern church, our, our, our brethren, <laughs> the other lung, right? As, as John Paul II would talk about, we need both lungs to really be able to pray. Their iconography is awesome because they'll use the, the like traditional angel who takes the f- form of a man, but with angels. But then underneath, like if you look up something like, Look up the prodigal son icon, and, and eventually you'll find the one I'm talking about on Google. But um, but underneath, they have this really bizarre-looking circular creature that just kind of spins around in itself with wings kind of coming off, and it's like, what is that thing? Hmm. But that's it. That's why everyone's afraid of it is because you know it's real. You see it. You can sense it, but it's not anything of this earth. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like, Bill, you are saying, like you look at the, uh, the Annunciation narrative when um, Gabriel appears to Mary. She trembles, you know, and it's like, do not be afraid, Mary. I, I'm sure she's, she knew like this was probably, she had a sense. This is a messenger from God. Like, you know, literally that's what an angel is, a messenger from God. And he's got something important to tell me from heaven. Uh, the kids in Fatima, right? I think there was a, a, a message that once, or maybe one of the apparitions that was, by the way, there's, they're going to play that movie down in, uh, Leonardtown in a couple weeks, October 11th. So maybe we get a field trip out there, but well, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, for people that haven't seen the movie, um, but the angel, an angel appeared to the three pound and they were kind of struck by it too. I mean, it's, I mean, to see an angel must be pretty awesome. I know. I was hoping during the movie, they would have really depicted it as this incredible, instead of just the normal, it yeah. got bright. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, oh, there is, you know, and it's sort of like this hippie kind of looking right. person, you know, like I, I think some we see, but I think that's the problem when we, when we deal with the supernatural, we tend to, we dumb it down so much. And, um, you know, with the teenagers, we've been doing this online, uh, zoom thing with CS Lewis. And I was struck by, I think it was chapter seven, it might be six or seven in CS Lewis, screw tape letters where he speaks about how he tells, was it Wormwood? He says, Hey, make sure, you know, in your client's brain, when you're talking about demons, you depict, you know, a guy with red tights and, you know, a pitchfork and, and, you know, it's sort of like just make it something comical and, you know, a little bit, you know, that's, it's interesting, a little scary, but not what we really are, you know, put this image of an, of a demon that's just far from the truth. And I think on the flip side, I think that when people, you know, picture, I mean, think about what do you think about when you say, Oh, draw an angel, it's going to be a chubby baby, with like wings and just this benign kind of like Gerber baby with, uh, you know, with sort of like, you know, uh, dove wings or something like that. And that's, if that's what you're picturing, it's probably so far from the truth of what these people saw when they saw their angels. Yeah. Right. And, and it's, it's so hard. Cause, cause, cause I do that too. I'm I mock the, the, the little child <laughs> angel all the time and right. everyone 
kind of thinks I probably don't believe in them because of it. But it's like it's it's the the like the starting point of that was probably really great because it was it was trying to depict as best we could the the perfect innocence of an angel right. right that has never failed that has never had any blemish against it so how do you do it well the closest we're going to get is a baby <laughs> you know and that's right. where it comes from but right i kind of exactly strike fear during an appearance no though. but you know what does and i and bill i think i talked to you about this not too long ago but like if you walk into our church and like they're the angels above the the side doors and like you look at them in the light and you're like okay fat baby angel like cool but if you walk in there when it's dark and you see the lights reflect up that's when i kind of was like oh yeah there are angels here right because you see the shadow there's a there's a an unexpressible reality that is totally there that is actually much more inducing uh than than the, the cute little innocent baby that sits on top of the door um right. but all right here's a question how how many catholics do you think or percentages i mean this i don't know if there's any way to answer this question um, invoke the angels, have a relationship with an angel, pray to the, you know, ask for the angel's intercession in general. Not enough. Right. You know, yeah. right. I think it almost is, it, it almost is shoved into a child's fairy tale. I right. mean, it, it seems, it, it appears to me, right. many adults, I think it's more of a, well, that was a, you know, that was a childhood thing. Right. But, right. but on this point, so talk, how, how do we have, relationship well, I, with our guardian angels. Well, I, I was thinking about this myself. You know, I, I've always loved the guardian angels. And I think my mother used to teach me about the guardian angels. And, but also growing up, I was an Opus Day, Opus Day star on the feast of the guardian angels. Today's a big feast day. So we always heard a lot about angels. So it was kind of, I mean, as a kid, you just got a catechesis on angels. So it was just, oh yeah, that's what, that's what we believe. There's, there's an angel I got when he protects me. The guardian angels, I knew a little bit about the St. Michael, St. Raphael, you know, a little bit of Gabriel. Other than that, not too much. You know, I knew that, you know, but I think part of it is just, I don't, I wonder if we as priests actually preach about angels. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, I, I know I have several friends that, you know, I remember once we were talking about preaching topics and I asked one of my friends, he's from Chicago. I said, what's your favorite topic of preaching? He said, the angels. And I, we were, we were floored. We're like, really? And he says, yeah, once or twice a year, I give a whole homily on, on angels, the existence of angels. And I think people appreciate it because it's, it's um, helping them to believe in something they can't see, and but faith comes from hearing. So maybe part of it is we don't talk about it from the pulpit enough. I don't know. Yeah, and 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 I think there's a lot to to in the background of like why it doesn't get taught. I mean, even even the best of seminaries. I mean, I would guess um, I wouldn't think there's a single class in the United States or beyond that teaches about angels. Right. But there are classes on or demons yeah, or demons, right? Angels and demonology was, was a real class, you it know, was. like, yeah. like for a long time, it's coming back though. It is. And like, I mean, I know, I know that, uh, you know, in Rome at the Angelicum, which is top of the Dominicans, they actually do have that on the license level, right? That there is a class on angels and demons, which is really kind of cool. And, uh, but did the, you ever take a class on angels and demons? No, but I wish I had, because, but right. I, I was, I wish I had taken dogma now at the end, because that's the only way I would have been able to pull that off. But it's, but the idea of it is that, like, well, it's nothing we're really expected to know, and and there's, it's because I think there is a, and this is my own personal academic opinion, is that for the last 250 years, we've tried to demythologize right. the faith in general, and, right. and the church stood really firm against it for a solid 150 years, you know? Yeah. So, like, I'm thinking, like, Thomas Jefferson very famously wrote a Bible where he cut out everything that was hard to hard for him to grasp, which is like, 
literally how you end up in hell, right? <laughs> it's like you take the faith and you say, okay, except for only the parts that I like. Um, but, you know, that then sunk into the imagination of, of, of Protestants who then supposedly knew scripture better than us. And so we had somebody like Moulton and Boltman and all these guys who really tried to suck out the, the unnecessary spiritual elements and make it about, and not that this is all bad, but just about right living. And angels really don't at immediately tell us how to live rightly. What they do is actually help us live rightly right. <laughs> by their intercession, by their guardianship. Right. Um, and, right. and that's, I think, one of the, the real shames of everything is that we, we tried to capitulate a little bit to the world in terms of let's make ourselves easier to digest. And because of that, why would we, why would we believe it? You know, why would we really, um, you know, follow, follow through? Why would we, who would take the time to preach on angels when there are such, so many more important things that need to be we taken care of We gotta feed the poor, we gotta, you know. Well, pardon the yeah. pun, but let, let me play devil's advocate for a minute. Mm -hmm. So we have all these, you know, we have all these intercessory saints that we can pray to. Mm -hmm. Obviously we have Christ himself. I think the, the guardian angel seems, where, where does the guardian angel fit into our, to our prayer life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I think it's I, I think we could just I think this is sort of our personal intercessor, and uh, if you think about you know what a guardian angel does, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the catechism and just sort of spell out exactly um, what it says here. But it says this um, from its beginning until death, human life is surrounded by their watchful care and intercession, and the intercession means they're 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 praying for us. Beside beside each believer, now all right, here's a question. What if you're a Muslim? Do you get a guardian angel? We might have to skip that, but like, but it says it says in the Catechism, beside each believer stands an angel as protector and shepherd him, leading him to life. So let's bypass that for a moment. Let's just get stay on track here. Um, so, uh, so I mean, to answer your question, Bill, I think that you know the we we have, and I I tell myself this recently, these last couple of weeks, I've actually kind of in prayer, I've been. <laughs> We, we uh, Father Jack and I went to this talk, and when he was like, "We're going to talk about angels," I was like, "You know, I don't know what your response was." I was like, "Really?" I was like, "I was kind of shocked." I mean, I mean, I wasn't shocked, but I was like, oh, "It's kind of cool." And he, the uh, Father Joe, started talking. He's a Spanish priest, and he started talking about like how we as priests should have a devotion to the angels, and uh, and I kind of thought like, "Well, how often?" I mean, I do pray the Saint Michael prayer quite a bit uh, throughout my day, but in terms of talking to my guardian angel, um, it's kind of like a roommate I never talked to. Mm. I just, even as a priest, and it, after that talk, I just started like invoking my guardian angel. Remember he said like we should, one of the points that Father Joe made is for us as priests is when a, a penitent comes in the confessional, we pray to their guardian angel mm. that they make a good confession. And I started doing that. And actually I saw some fruit from that. You know mm. I mean? Like, or, or before a spiritual directee comes in or you have a meeting, you pray to their guardian angel for them. And uh, I thought, wow. And it was just, that was something that St. Jose Maria used to do. And saints, I mean, Padre Pio used to talk to his guardian angel quite a bit. Uh, St. Gemma Galgani, I think, had a huge devotion to her. Like, like she used to talk to her guardian angel, but her guardian angel appeared to her. And would, yeah, I mean, it's, it's bizarre, you know, yeah. and just talk to her in person. So I, I think, I think to answer your question, I'm sorry going on, but I think we should, we should ask ourselves, do I ever even talk to this, this, creature that god gave to protect me and ask him for 
ask him or I mean, well, remember, <laughs> doesn't have gender, you know, <laughs> not, not gender fluidity, you know, but it doesn't have a gender because it's a spirit, right? But, but, uh, but, you know, to talk to our angel about like, I need help or do I need a parking space or help me to get to work on time or, you know, I have a headache, you know, or I don't feel like going to this meeting. Can you assist me? I, I think there's, we, we ought to do this, right? You know, and I and I think there's there might be something that kind of sits under why we don't go to the guardian angels that and this is just me I, this is not nearly enough study to probably say this out loud but I'm going to anyway um, is that like is if if we think of what the guardian angel is meant to do right we think back to that prayer we learned as a little kid angel of God yeah, my, my guardian, guardian dear to whom God, God love commits me here over this day be at my side to light to guard to rule and guide nobody wants to be ruled and guided right, right. when when I pray to a saint. I have, I am in charge. I have picked the saint that I want. I have made sure that it is the right intercessor, right? Like, I, like I've never prayed to the guy. There is a, there is a patron saint of ugly men, but like, I don't pray to that one. Why? Because I don't want to associate myself with that, right? But like, when we <laughs> who did, is that saint? I don't know. I wish I should have known that. I guess, but I know that it is one because I saw that the other day. I went what? Like, like we are jerks in the church sometimes, right? Or, or it's like you know, and you don't like truth he, hurts. Yeah, truth hurts sometimes. But like, he probably is okay with it because he's sitting in he heaven, probably, right? You know, get railed on in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ugly dude! Now, it's the, only, the only saint that's getting railed on in heaven, I think, is Valentine. But we can go back to that one in a little bit. But poor guy, it's like a badass and gets made fun of because he's like associated with like pink and flowers and hearts and all that stuff. But it's okay. Um, Chocolates. Like, yeah, yeah. But Inside like, of a heart shaped box that's red. <laughs> but we we don't go to uh, to our guardian angel because, well, shoot, that means it's not my will. Right, like we we don't go to like I don't I don't do it either because <laughs> I want I want to be in charge I want I want that control like it's natural in man but like right. if I want to do God's will like I want to go to the one who knows God's will like the angel only knows what I reveal to him right but he knows exactly what God wants you know he he right. knows God as just like God knows you know immediately like that um, but he can't know ours without our permission so I, I'm wondering if there's something to that that there's a certain lack of humility and why we don't pray to the angels. I think that's the key. I mean, I, th- I think that's the key is like, you know, I mean, but even to believe in something like angels, it, it's, um, we have to lower ourselves and believe in something that's beyond, beyond what we can visibly see. That's an act of humility. Faith is an act of humility. Um, is our guardian angel there to assist us without our asking? Well, they do all the time. Yeah. But I, I think the point could be made is that they're, uh, you know, it was Padre Pio said this. Maybe we can unpack this. I was looking at saints, and he said this. He was writing a letter to a, one of his spiritual daughters, and he said, remember, he's talking about telling her to have a devotion to her guardian angel, and he says, remember this angel's presence often. Thank him, pray to him, always keep up a good relationship. Open yourself up to him and confide your suffering to him. Be always afraid of offending the purity of his gaze. Know this and keep it well present in your mind. He is easily offended and very sensitive. Right, so there's this nine-foot winged creature <laughs> always <laughs> looking at everything I'm doing. No, Basically, <laughs> yeah, that's right. the point he makes. Is like, well, I think that's, you know, I mean, and he goes on, turn to him in moments of supreme anguish, and you will experience his beneficent help. And so, but I think that's an interesting point, is that this angel, I mean, what I was saying at the 12 o'clock mass is like, we probably frustrate our angels so much in you know, our guardian angels. Like they're just like, Oh, you know, it's like your parents in the stand when you like took the last pitch, you know, it's like right over the plate and you strike three, you know? And I mean, how many times the angels like, Oh gosh, you know, why did I get this guy? <laughs> you 
yeah. I think about, you know, it's a wonderful life. And, uh, you know, Clarence, oh, just a side note, a funny story about yesterday, you know, Father Jack, I haven't told you about, you know, since you've been gone, but everything was so smooth until I started thinking it was smooth. Mm. And then all hell broke loose. So, the, so it's like 1130 and um, I'm bested. I'm going into the confessional and the 301-609-4000 number comes. I'm like, oh no, it's the hospital. And they're like, it's eminent father. I'm like, well, I got mass in 30 minutes. It's eminent. So I just literally with my white vestment, like I went, ran in my car. I just, cause I figured I'm going to get here right noon. I won't have time to vest. And I went into the ER in total white. And, um, I, I up, haven't I, mastered that by location yet. <laughs> no. And I, I, the, the nurse, you know, like the secretary or whatever behind the desk, she's like, looks at me. I'm like, I know I look like Clarence from it's a wonderful life, but I need to go to, <laughs> 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 she didn't understand what the heck I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. But in that, remember that in, in the actual movie, it's a wonderful life. Even your pop references are lost on people. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's one of the, I mean, I brought this up tonight, like, uh, at the ANS, like it's one of my favorite movies. It's a wonderful life. And, you know, Clarence, he, they're wearing that, those, those night clothes and like, and what is it? George Bailey played by Jimmy Stewart. He goes, and he looks at his guardian angel. He goes, figures I'd have a guardian angel like you, you know, <laughs> but you wonder what the guardian angels think about us, you know, like in a sense, like, I wonder if they're, you know, they're probably pleased and, and sometimes saddened by what we do. And, uh, they're probably like, Hey, you know, he didn't ask me for help. I mean, they're, they're re I mean, they're not like human, but he makes the point they're sensitive and easily offended. You know, like, and I think maybe the offense is we never even talked to him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't well, I mean, right. But if, if they're like God who reveals himself to the Israelites as a jealous God, right? That over and over again in the Psalms and in Exodus, he constantly says, I am a jealous God. Like he and constantly turned back to me, right? Like, of course, humans are going to be like that, right? That's right. a good thing. It's a good thing to say, I, I am everything that you need. Come to me. Right. Right. All right. Here's a question. Have either of you guys ever had an experience where you unexpectedly almost died like a near tragic event and you know you know darn well it was a garnish yes i was driving a church bus one time or a church van like 15 passenger van it was amazing i was a folks missionary and we we're in pittsburgh and i remember and it was one of those moments where i was like this is going to end poorly but i so at the bottom of this hill is an ice storm and i this guy was like lives at the top i go lynch i hate to do this to you man can you just walk up the hill? He looks at me, goes, yeah, absolutely. He goes, there's no way you're getting back down this thing. So I was like, all right, thanks. And this, my team director, who happened to be a woman, goes, no, Jack, drive up there. It's not that hard. And <laughs> I said, I said, Ian, it's going to be that hard. Okay, fine. So I get up there. Up there, no problem. But to get down the hill, you got to make a right turn. And I oh. said, it's all ice. And I just said, I'm going to do it. Make the right turn. And I just went, oh, crap. And and my team director goes, what? And I said, you'll find out in a second. And the, it just tailed, right? And it just, I can just, I had no control anymore. And, and the woman behind me starts screaming, to which I had to yell at her. And then I was just, anyway. You're on a somehow mountain. We're, we're, it was a six-foot drop off the road. And wow. I, wow. And I, we, we got on. We somehow start praying, got control, you know, ask, ask for the angels' intercession. Somehow we get back on the road. We have enough traction that, we make it down the hill fine. I looked on there the next time I went up the hill a week or two later when there was no ice, and I went, that doesn't make any sense. 
like, I don't know where where we're on this road that we didn't fall off because there's not enough road here wow. for, for how much time we were sliding. Um, and you're pretty convinced it was Garden Angel. I'm 100% sure. Right. I, I don't think it was just mine. You got it. You got it. Very event. similar story two years ago. Uh, wife, one of my kids, in a driving a two-wheel pickup truck in the snow, which is the w- most worthless thing you could possibly drive in the snow, uh, coming down a hill on 488. And it was snow covered. It was snowing like crazy. And same thing. Uh, you, you start to get almost the equivalent of like a skateboard wobble when you're going down a hill where you know it's you're going to end badly. The the rear end goes to the left, to the right. It's going back and forth and back and forth. You're, you know, I'm sitting there trying to right the ship. Um, I hear my daughter and wife praying out loud, which, you know, was kind of funny because that like together it hasn't happened in years because my kids are grown. So the whole, it was like the whole family's back praying out loud again. Um, and, and same thing. And I, to this day, I do not know how the, uh, how the truck straightened up. It was not because of my driving skills. I assure you, I did not end up, there was no, there, on either side, there's no guardrail and there was a drop off. So it, it would have ended poorly for everyone in the vehicle. And it just suddenly literally stopped. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I, nothing else. Like I said, I, uh, can't really explain it. Wow. And I know you have, everyone has a vehicle story. Apparently if I remember yours. I've got several. Yeah, <laughs> I got several. I well, I, I can only do one. I, there's one. I can do the 721, or me and my dad could do a 720, and they're both on Route 50. Mm. I had two. I both as a priest. Both I was I was convinced I was going to die. Which one do you want? The other one was I was on a way to a retreat. Was speed involved in both, Father? Both, yeah. <laughs> one had rain. The other one didn't. <laughs> well, let me let me do the one. Let me do the one with. Uh, I was I was uh, giving a talk at um good council high school it was some kind of catholic event it was one of these like you know you like you have different panels and i had to give a talk on evangelization and i was running late and uh so i grabbed my notes it's at st Pius the 10th i'm going down route 50 to 495 i don't know if you that exit and uh it started rain really hard and i had an s back then i had this uh suv on an xterra uh, it was an impulse buy and uh it, it was uh, rear rear wheel drive. I mean, it's the worst. Same thing. Yeah, like it was the worst yep. car in rain, snow. I don't know. And I finally got rid of it because it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this particular day, I'm driving, and I I'm like, oh, I'm gonna miss my exit. And I turn quick at like sixty some miles an hour, and I just started spinning, and I started spinning into Route 50, and I started making an act of contrition because I could hear a truck, and I can't explain it. My car stopped and it was like and the truck blew by me didn't touch me and i literally like i think my fingernails were inside of the steering wheel i mean it was like that you know drastic but i mean I, 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 you know and i just and then i think some cars stopped and they were like you know staring at me like you know this kid this guy should be dead and i just kept driving and i you know I, it took me about 15 minutes to calm down but i i can't explain how it didn't happen mm. other than it was my guardian angel, you know? So we'll find out hopefully when we get to heaven. So, but I mean, yeah, I feel like you and your guardian angel are going to have like a boxing match. <laughs> the second you, get up there. Like, you know how hard it was. <laughs> well, I, I think I do. I do. Uh, you know, test the limits with him a little bit, <laughs> many, well, the spiritual and physical, but yeah, for sure. But I, I think, but that's, that's all the more reason to have a relationship with the guardian angels. You know, um, I think one thing is like when you when you go to heaven and that's our hope is that, you know, like I can imagine it's sort of probably like 
you know, you see, like, you probably, you know, you get to see the Boston Mothering, Padre P, and then the Guardian Angel, he's going to have this look like, and you're going to know it's your Guardian Angel by look on, on their face, if you can see that, how that, how that works out, and he's probably like, all right, <laughs> glad that's over, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm ready to grab a beer, you know. Sitting there drinking and smoking <laughs> a cigarette at the same time. But also the guys at, like, the front of the whole thing, you know, with, with the beer for you too, you know, like that's kind of the other thing is like, we, we, we kind of mock, you know, a little bit cause it's kind of fun to kind of think about this. But the other end of it is like, it's also our biggest fan, you know, to get us, oh, there, you know? know, and it's like, like w- as much as it's like, oh yeah, he's going to be so tired of our shenanigans. He's also going to be the guy who's like, yeah, I'm ready for you. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this since I was made, since you were made for you to get here because this has been what my I was mission. created to do. This is the fulfillment of every last bit of my desire and being is to be, have you come here. And now that you're here, none of it mattered. Well, here's a thought that just struck me. Can you imagine what it feels like for a guardian angel if this soul gets sentenced to hell? Mm. Like, you know, in a sense, they're like, I tried my best and they just won't listen. You know, I mean, can you, I mean, and I'm sure like there's, I mean, in a sense, like there, there's sort of a motivation here where you want your angel to look good, mm-hmm. you know, at the end <laughs> times, like, Hey, I want, I want my angel to get some, get some uh, kudos here, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, it's, it's a terrible way to end the podcast, but, <laughs> <laughs> but on the flip side, can you imagine how happy in a sense, my mission is I finished the race, mm-hmm. you know, no one thought it was possible, especially for you. And we pulled this off. <laughs> Thanks for fi- finally listening to me. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, that being said, I'm losing my voice. Let's pray the angel of God for it. Father Jack. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here. Ever this day be at my side to light, to guard, and rule and guide. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.